Before we get into this episode, we have a quick favor to ask you. If you love our show, please scroll down to the review section of your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star rating. If you have a few more seconds, please also leave us a review telling us what you like most about our show. We read every single one of these and we appreciate them so much. This will also help us grow and get into the ears of those who love true crime and food as much as you do. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Unsavory, where true crime meets food. Welcome, everyone. I'm Becca. And I'm Sarah. And you're listening to Unsavory. Today, we're going to cover one of the most notorious nutrition-related multi-level marketing companies Mm -hmm. and how it's harmed at least 1.55 million of its distributors, either financially or physically, and in one instance, how the products have resulted in death. And we're talking about Herbalife today. Oh my goodness. This is such a beast of a topic. I'm so excited. This company has been around for a very long time and a lot of scandal Mm -hmm. can happen. Mm -hmm. Over 40 years? Is it 40 years? Over 40 years. It started in the 80s. Unbelievable. And really exciting. This is actually going to be our first two-part episode. This story had way more than Becca ever anticipated. So we decided to split it into two. Yeah. As I was going through this research, I realized just how much scandal this company has been involved in. Like the stories were just so, so dang interesting. I couldn't cut any of them out. So in part two, which will be released two weeks from now, uh, we're going to talk about how Herbalife has targeted some lower income Hispanic communities by using manipulative American dream-like marketing propaganda as well as how one business tycoon bet $1 billion that the company would fail 
and then tried to make that happen using some less than savory tactics. So this two-parter is like fully loaded of information. (laughs) But with that being said, are you ready for part one? I'm ready for part one. Let's do it. The information in this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes only. If you're interested in medical nutrition therapy or personalized nutrition advice, please talk to a physician or registered dietitian in your area. If you have a history of disordered eating, be advised that nutrition details will be discussed and take the steps you need to protect your recovery journey. All the citations and relevant links for anything mentioned in this episode will be in our show notes on our website, unsavorypodcast.com. This podcast may contain coarse language, mature subject matter, and content of a violent or disturbing nature. Listener discretion is advised. This is an independently produced podcast. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can sign up as a donor through the Patreon link in our bio. If you could rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends, that would really help us out, and we will be forever grateful. And a huge shout out to my sources for today's episode, which are all listed in the show notes at unsavory.com. And they include information from various news sources, including William Cohen's article in Vanity Fair, the YouTube channel Illuminati, and the documentary Betting on Zero, which is more so Bill Ackman's story. So he's the head fund manager who tries to take down Herbalife. Mm -hmm. So I did use some other sources to corroborate his story, but also to balance some potential bias. It's important to note that everything in this episode does have a source. So if you have any questions, feel free to check them out in our show notes. I also feel like I should preface that this is not intended to attack or shame anyone involved with Herbalife currently as a distributor or as an employee or any other MLM for that matter, but rather as an expose to use for more educational purposes. (laughs) And we have talked about MLMs on the podcast before in our gifting tables episode from season one. And it is a really good episode if you're looking for another one to binge after this. In it, we get into some detail about the pros and cons of multi-level marketing companies, also called MLMs, and like the difference between MLMs and pyramid schemes. So I'll give you like a quick rundown here, but if you are interested in learning more, I highly suggest the gifting tables episode. Yeah, that episode was fascinating. It's about a dinner party themed pyramid scheme that honestly, Mm -hmm. it sounded pretty tempting. Becca, I think you said you probably would have joined it. (laughs) Or you would have wanted to. I probably would have. If I didn't have like a understanding of pyramid schemes, Mm -hmm. I may very well have joined that. Totally. And it's because, (laughs) and I know we're going to get into this, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but like the whole community aspect and the social aspect of MLMs is what draws people in. And we were definitely critical of MLMs in that episode. But since recording that episode, I watched Lula Rich. Did you watch that one? No. Okay. It's wild. But it's it's really good to kind of get in the mindset of what draws people into MLMs and into the MLM business model under the promise of having like a fun social side hustle that offers them both time and financial freedom. So it's often young women who want to kind of support their family while raising kids And so I do want to say before we dive in, if you're in an MLM and it's working well for you, that's amazing. I think there are people that are kind of aware of the MLM business model and the pros and cons and still choose to join one for a variety of reasons, even if it's just to get discounts on products that they want. That's a reason that people actually join. And we don't want you to feel like we're judging you for your choice. No, MLMs, I mean, they can be like a flexible business opportunity with like a very low initial investment, like when you 
compare it to starting your own company. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like it is mainly consistent of women. I believe I read like 75% of MLM distributors are women. So it can be like a really great like side hustle or like a job to have while you're raising children or even like a source of income if you're trying to save to get out of a precarious situation or something. Like there are a lot of benefits to having this type of income. And I I feel Mm -hmm. like we should definitely not, not, not mention that. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Okay. So let's get into it. The main difference between an MLM and a pyramid scheme is that an MLM is a legal, legitimate business structure that sells products or services using person-to-person sales. The salespeople are often called distributors, especially in the case of Herbalife. And in an MLM, you can either make money by selling the product or service or by recruiting other distributors and earning commissions on what they buy and sell. With Herbalife, this is called the downline. So your downline consists of the people that you bring in as well as the people they bring in and so on and so forth. So it's everyone underneath you. And you can make a lot of money on these downlines if you have the social network to bring in other well-connected distributors and the financial capital to buy the initial inventory. That's red flag number one, though. The money is made on the people you bring in. Yes. So this is kind of where it kind of crosses a line. So a pyramid scheme is illegal. And the structure, it might be similar to that of an MLM, but its earning potential is not based on the product or service you are selling, but rather the number of people that you recruit into the company. So that is the main Mm -hmm. difference. So an MLM could have both types of income, but a pyramid scheme focuses on recruiting others. So income is almost exclusively dependent on bringing in those other distributors. Right. And distributors are often required to continuously purchase reoccurring inventory or training materials. So usually on like a monthly or quarterly basis. So it costs the distributor a lot of time and money before they ever see a profit if they ever make a profit. And these are illegal because they take advantage of people by putting pressure on recruits to join and purchase inventory using extravagant but empty promises. I just feel like the line between MLM and pyramid scheme can get so blurry, especially when the majority of the income can be from bringing other people in. Like what if you're making Mm -hmm. 0.1% from sales, but 99.9% from your downline, the people you bring in, it's like, when does that MLM become a pyramid scheme? No, I, I mean, that's a really great point because they do sound very similar. A lot of times they work very similar. And that's really not the fault of the MLM. So when these like first businesses kind of came to the market, it was, I believe it was Avon was one of the first in oh. like the late 1800s. This business structure and marketing, like the marketing practices around this business structure, like really advanced and beneficial to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But like, I feel like we've talked about this in previous episodes, like where there's opportunity and income potential, fraud often follows. So a lot of people will try to kind of scam the MLM system. Not a lot of people, but some companies will. And even today in like Canada and the US, governments have like a really hard time identifying if an MLM has crossed the line to a pyramid scheme without opening like a full-blown investigation around like the intent and the tactics that the company uses. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for this to happen, you actually, you need you need somebody reporting it. So you need victims or like plaintiffs or like at least formal complaints against the company. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that might be really hard to get, especially like people might not be willing to come forward, especially if they've brought in family members in, if they've, you know, been the person who's convinced other people to join. And now they're realizing, oh, my goodness, I've really trapped myself, not only myself, but people I love into this MLM. And yeah, so it might not be so easy to get people to come forward. No, it's a huge part of it. Because first, you have to realize that you have been scammed. Yes. And a lot of people, if they fail in a business opportunity, will take that as a personal failure yeah. rather than evaluate the system that set them up to fail. I just need to try harder. I need to sell more. Exactly. And they might be getting those messages from the top, too. Exactly. So there's that. But then there's, yeah, there's also potential shame or embarrassment mm-hmm. in not having succeeded or in having bringing other people in. So it's a whole thing. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And on that note, let's talk about Herbalife. So Herbalife was founded by Mark Reynolds Hughes, who was born in 1956 in La Mirada, California, to his parents, Stuart Hartman and Joanne Hughes. Stuart and Joanne divorced in 1970, and Mark was sent to live with his mother full-time. Mark later claimed that his mother suffered from some mental health issues, as well as a pretty intense obsession with dieting and weight loss drugs. Mm -hmm. And when Mark was only 18, his mother actually died of an accidental overdose from prescription diet pills mixed with painkillers and or alcohol. And the toxicology reports are like a little bit contradictory here. But her death really made an impact on Hughes and fueled his passion for, quote unquote, natural health products. Wow, that is devastating. I know. It's really sad. It is very sad. Especially because of where the story goes. Yeah. (laughs) So rewind two years prior to his mother's death when 16-year-old Hughes was sent to a private school for troubled youth where part of the rehabilitation program required students to sell raffle tickets. And he picked up on like these sales and marketing tactics and he quickly became the top seller among his peers for these tickets. Despite his like clear intellect and charisma, though, he was never motivated to surpass a ninth grade education. Mm. So he never finished high school. Okay. Ironically and unfortunately, about a year after his mother's death, Hughes began selling weight loss products for a company called Slender Now that used really stupid slogans like, Slender is for starting Monday to look great on Saturday. Oh my God. So basically encouraging rapid, unsustainable weight loss in these incredibly unhealthy ways. Oh my gosh. That is such a cruel twist that the products, basically the same products that took his mother's life, 
<sighs> he went on to sell the exact same products. Yeah. Wow. We know that our parents' relationship with food can have such a strong impact on our own relationship with food that it makes me wonder if Hughes was struggling himself. Like, why was he drawn to selling these products? Likely because he was so young, he was influenced by his mother's use of these products. Yeah. And I I struggled with this, too, as I was going through the story and the research. Like, if she was his only parent, like his only influence, it would be very challenging to develop, like, thought patterns about yourself or about weight that were much different from what you were exposed to. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, Slender Now is where Hughes was first introduced to the MLM business structure since he and his colleagues were all independent sales reps who would buy the Slender Now products at discounted rates and then sell them to the public, earning royalties on each sale. Mm -hmm. When the company tanked after a few years, Hughes was one of its top distributors. He then began working for a similar weight loss company until 1980 when he partnered with Richard Marconi, who was the former Slender Now product manufacturer. And together, they founded Herbalife. And you won't actually hear much about Marconi after this, in this episode at least, because Hughes was like really the face of the company in almost all articles, documentaries, podcasts, and information just about Herbalife is mainly all about him, Hmm. Hughes. Okay. Anyways, during the 1980s in North America, the weight loss industry was booming. That wafer-thin model look became trendy, and more and more people, mainly women, began buying into new dieting methods and products, which consisted of a lot of laxatives. And amphetamines, like speed. Can't forget about amphetamines. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Of course, this type of weight loss is never healthy or sustainable. So basically, it acted as like a continuous funnel or cycle of returning customers for these companies. So Herbalife products were very similar to other diet products already on the market, but they distinguished themselves by adding herbs to make them seem healthier. Hence the name Herbalife. Classic greenwashing. Exactly. So the first product was a meal replacement shake, and Hughes, who was only 24 at the time, sold the shakes from the back of his car. The company quickly picked up traction, making $2 million in its first year. And with this, they grew their products list to include things like powders, supplements, protein bars, and weight loss tablets, with most of them making misleading health claims or promising very specific results. For example, the slogan at the time was, lose weight now, ask me how, (laughs) basically promising rapid weight loss. And even today, they're still selling like hormone balancing supplements. There's one specifically called woman's choice. Oh my goodness. As if you have a choice as to what happens to your hormones as you age. So right out the gates, Herbalife uses some pretty questionable sales tactics. But most notably, Hughes used his mother's overdose to promote the products. Oh no. Yeah. So he's even recorded saying that if Herbalife had been around when she was dieting, that she probably would still be alive today. So he used this awful traumatic experience where he lost someone because of their fixation on weight loss to then sell his own diet products. This gives me like the ickiest of icks. Major ick. And I wonder if he actually believed that, like that he was creating a healthier weight loss product or if it was just 
pure marketing. Because we know now mm -hmm. that the products that were being sold, they weren't safe. They probably mm -hmm. weren't third-party tested. He was 24 years old, grade nine education, definitely no nutrition education. How did he know they mm -hmm. were safe? His, like, saving grace here, I guess, was his girlfriend at the time. So his girlfriend was in university studying science. And I think that might be where he got his information from, from the, like, at the beginning. Okay. So I wonder if we have heard a credit for some of these initial products. Mm. Otherwise, like, he didn't really seem to have any health professionals on his team or, like, even really in his life at this point. Oh, my goodness. I'm curious to know, like, what specifically was he selling? What were the ingredients? What, how did he come up with this stuff? Well, so some of it is based on the products that were already on the market. So okay. his first formula was very similar to that Slender Now product that was discontinued. Okay. But then he started adding these, like, weird herbs to them to make them seem healthy. Got it. So he didn't like reinvent the wheel. I just add some parsley and call it, make it a new product. Exactly. So he kind of like took a recipe and then added a little flair to it. <laughs> Hughes claims that he lost 16 pounds in two weeks using his Herbalife products and that his grandmother lost 25 pounds in a month. His grandmother then recruited some of her friends to try the products and encouraged them to begin selling them as well. And with that, the MLM structure within the company was born. This allowed for Herbalife's products to like really expand and to expand quite quickly across global markets. So within that first decade, the company was already in 10 different countries. Oh my gosh. And at present, they're in 94 countries, which is oh, a lot. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. mm. So Herbalife products were only ever available through Herbalife distributors. So you couldn't hypothetically pick them up at like a health food store. You either needed to know someone who was selling them, or you needed to be selling them yourself. In fact, many Herbalife customers would become distributors because they were given a 25% discount on the products. Mm. And from the beginning, like these products were not cheap. So in the 80s, the basic weight loss program was about $30 a month, which in today's money is about $100 a month. Oh, yeah. And this doesn't include any of the additional, like, supplements or add-on products. This was just, like, the basic weight loss package. That is pretty expensive. Yeah. $100 a month. Wow. So some people would join for these discounts because then it's only, what, $75 a month? But an even larger number of people would join for the income or at least the income potential that they were promised. So Hughes would host these large Herbalife conventions where he would pitch the brand to new distributors, and then he'd have select distributors go up and discuss their financial success with the company. Classic. Hughes would make these grandiose promises that as a distributor, you could make $50,000 in your first year and $125,000 in your second year with the potential to make $42,000 every month oh my God. if you had multiple downlines. <sighs> and remember, the downline is like made up of the distributors that you have working under you. So already you can see that the big money isn't in selling the products, but rather in getting more people to join the company. Yeah, that's where the real income is, is you bringing people in, not actually in the selling of the products. Exactly. But I can see like if people are buying these products anyways, why not join just for the discount? And then if you mm -hmm. make an income, that's just a bonus. So I can see why people sign up. No, for sure. For sure. It, it, it does make total sense because you also need to know somebody who's a distributor. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you just have to become a distributor yourself. So yeah. in a lot of ways, that makes sense. But then you're kind of just 
putting the money back into the company. Like it's not really a business opportunity. So this is the real issue here. So people that join to make income, you have to start at the bottom of like this pyramid and you have to work your way up by bringing in other people. But hypothetically, let's say if you're at like the tip of your own pyramid, we'll call that like level one. Mm -hmm. And then you bring in six distributors yourself. We'll call that level two. So that's right below you. And then those six distributors all bring in another six distributors at level three and so on and so forth. The problem here is that there's no way that you will ever surpass level 13 in this scenario because the number of distributors required would surpass the population of the world. Oh my God. So it's it's a flawed system. So only those who are like super well connected to like a network of affluent, like-minded people will ever see success if they want to actually earn an income off of this. Oh my goodness. And you know that they're not advertising that. They probably make it seem like you can have an unlimited downline and it's like, no, you actually can't. The population of the world, those numbers seem outrageous. Yes, they do. And I even did this calculation because I was like, okay, level 13, it doesn't seem like that big of a downline to have 13 levels below you. Like obviously you'd be super successful if you were because everyone in the world would be underneath you. Mm. So I did this calculation and it's true. So level 13 would be 13 billion people. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. And um, I mean, clearly the world does not have that many people, but even of the seven or 8 billion people that we have on earth, not everyone can afford Herbalife, nor would everyone even want to participate in an MLM like Herbalife. Totally. I'm not joining Herbalife. That's one spot that'll never be filled. (laughs) Yeah. There's two spots there. (laughs) So yeah, the income potential actually decreases as more people join since they will be less likely to find willing recruits. And when this happens, any income will be coming from distributors in the downline buying their own inventory. Mm. So the documentary stated that in the 2000s, you needed to have at least $3,000 in inventory to become a supervisor, which is where you start to get more bonuses and prestige within the company. So a minimum $3,000 buy-in just to become a supervisor, which is where you start getting like a little bit of perks. Mm -hmm. Do those people usually make that money back? Good question. It depends. So only the top 17% of distributors are even eligible to make any money because you need to purchase products and you need to have a downline in order to qualify to make any money. Then about 30% of those qualified distributors will make like no money at all. So 30% gone. Wow. And then 48% will make $1,000 or less in earnings but when you consider the investment that they're required to make on inventory, this ends up being $300 or less in net income. Right. So you need $3,000 to become a supervisor, but you can start making income, smaller amounts of income off of a little bit less. Mm-hmm. But the actual amount that you would be bringing in if you made $1,000 is very low right. considering how much you've already put into the company. Oh my goodness. So only 22% of that 17% which is less than 4% of all distributors make more than $300 in net income. 
Wow. So 4%. 4%. Make more than $300. And that means 96% make less than $300 in income, if not no money in income. Less than $300. Wow. Okay. And then you have very few people at like the, the tippy top making a few million dollars a year off of Herbalife. And this is called the founder circle. So you reach like a certain threshold. There's like 11 different levels that you can be on within the company. And the founder circle is like that very top. Okay. But it's these people at the very top who are recruited for these public speaking gigs and the marketing efforts. So you can see how it's a bit manipulative. Yeah. These are the people that are going to the conferences and saying, you can make $42,000 a month if you just do Mm -hmm. what I did, which is get in at the very start. And it's not possible anymore. I don't know how these people sleep at night. I bet they don't. (laughs) Seem to be pretty hopped up on uh, caffeine and amphetamines, I'm sure. If they're all using the products, (laughs) they're not (laughs) having quality sleeps. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So speaking of the products, let's talk about those a little bit more. So by 1982, the FDA had received a number of complaints about Herbalife. And that's 1982. That's two years after the company started. (laughs) Uh, They were apparently using very high amounts of laxatives and caffeine in their formulas, which were clearly the magic ingredients causing weight loss. Mm -hmm. But this also led to a number of digestive issues among consumers. Shocking. So Herbalife had previously stated that about 25% of users would experience adverse reactions from the products, including things like nausea, diarrhea, headaches, and heart palpitations. But upon testing the products, the FDA found that closer to 40% of users actually experienced these effects, which isn't all that surprising considering consumers are being pumped with laxatives and caffeine. Totally. Also, Herbalife had previously stated 25% of users would have these adverse reactions. Like, that's a huge one in four people Mm -hmm. will have nausea, diarrhea, headaches, heart palpitations, major red flag. My stomach hurts just thinking about it. I know. And I think that that's like really one of the things that makes this whole story so sad is that I don't know if everyone who took Herbalife products knew that percentage, Mm -hmm. but they clearly weighed those risks with their potential perceived benefits of weight loss and they picked weight loss, which is just sad. That is what is so upsetting about the story is that like it's so tied to weight loss and possibly health, but possibly just aesthetic reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the hold that weight loss has on our culture. It's mm-hmm. enough that tw- like people would take a 25% risk of s- pretty severe adverse reactions Yeah, in the name of health, but it's actually 40%. They just didn't know. Yeah, that's bad. It's pretty bad. Okay. So one other ingredient of concern was called ephedra which was found in three of the main Herbalife products at this time. Mm. Now, ephedra is an herb that contains the stimulant ephedrine, which is most commonly used to treat low blood pressure and breathing disorders like asthma, but it also increases energy expenditure and suppresses appetite. Mm. And it is an amphetamine, so it's actually sometimes used in the creation of methamphetamine, a.k.a. meth for its stimulating properties. Oh my gosh. So basically, ephedra increases heart rate and respiratory rate, but Herbalife essentially concluded that its weight loss benefits outweighed the risk of heart attack or stroke. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so upset. Okay, carry on. Yeah, it's, it's upsetting. Then in the 90s, a woman unfortunately died of an ephedra-induced heart attack after taking Herbalife products. 
And there's Mm -hmm. really not much more information about this case that I could find online, which is sad. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it was because the family didn't want it out there or if Herbalife has tried to take that information down, but there's really not that much. Right. But then there was another woman who had to be resuscitated four times after having a similar experience during a softball game at 28 years old. Oh my gosh. After taking Herbalife products. So thankfully she lived, but doctors had to insert a defibrillator into her chest to like regulate her heartbeat. Wow. She, I mean, she lived to tell the story. So I think that's the difference between the two cases. Wow. Unfortunately. And I couldn't find any more Herbalife specific deaths or incidents associated with the ingredient in Herbalife products. But something to make note of, in 2004, the FDA banned the sale of ephedra after linking it to at least 39 deaths that could all be traced back to diet products. Wow. But keep in mind, though, that this ingredient, it was being used in some other diet products at this time, so it wasn't just Herbalife. Wow. It's insane to think of how deeply so many people's lives have been impacted or ruined by like the quest of losing weight by diet culture, really. Mm-hmm. And ironically, very, very similar to what happened to Hugh's own mother. Yeah. It's almost the exact same. Like he initially, it seems like he initially went on this quest to create something that wouldn't lead yeah. to the same thing. And then it eventually did lead to the exact same thing yeah. um, by like killing another woman. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah. And in this case, like Herbalife, they had the nerve to state that they had absolutely no knowledge of these issues and that they had never been contacted by the FDA, even after the fact. But if they had anyone with any formal pharmacology education on their team, they would have known the risks and possible outcomes of using ephedra in their products. Mm -hmm. Yet they just denied any responsibility, claiming that they were naive, I guess. But I call BS on this. Yeah, when you're selling a product that has physiological effects, they're basically selling Mm -hmm. a form of medication to promote weight loss. You can't just you can't just play dumb. (laughs) Oops, sorry, we didn't know. Like how I just don't understand how this was able to be sold without being regulated. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think this is kind of like the story of how it became regulated. (laughs) (laughs) The origin story. So around the same time that the FDA started their investigation, so in the early 80s, Herbalife was also sued by three separate agencies in California, including the Attorney General. Here, they were sued for their false claims and lack of adherence to labeling standards. Mm -hmm. And one of their formulas was actually marketed as being able to help with over 80 ailments, including arthritis, gout, herpes, and Addison's disease. All very different conditions. All very different, but all under the umbrella of things that this Herbalife formula could cure. Oh my gosh. And then another of the uh, products claimed that it was like a natural energy booster, but nowhere on the packaging did it indicate that the key ingredient was caffeine. Right. Which is problematic. Oh, yes, definitely. So in this case, they settled for $850,000 without admitting wrongdoing and discontinued two of their products or product formulas. Hmm. I think that's like, that's the problem with these super successful companies is that they can just be like, yeah, okay, here, take this money. And then they can keep on doing what they were doing. Yeah. Like, I don't think $850,000 was enough to stop them at this point. Like, they should have asked for 
a few million. Yeah, something to actually do damage to the company. 850K, well, they were making millions of dollars a year. Yeah. They could take the hit and keep making money. Exactly. It's kind of a rhetorical question, but what is your sense of the company so far? <laughs> uh, my sense of the company is that I I really find their business tactics repulsive. Mm-hmm. The Just the whole preying on insecurities, they're making false, unsustainable promises to sell people products that definitely won't work long term, but also might be dangerous, mm-hmm. are dangerous, and possibly addictive. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they promote like this like unsustainable and very consequential weight loss. Yeah. And they're using like very predatory tactics, including like a get rich quick scheme. I don't know. It's yeah. an absolute mess. It is totally. There's so many more victims than are captured in the statistics of like the one that experienced death, the one that experienced needing to get resuscitated multiple times. But there's so much more fallout. The people who lost all their money, the people who just had digestive issues for years, mm-hmm. like that's not captured in that. And who knows what, I mean, I'm sure we know. I just don't know the research. But like, like who knows what the research is saying about like being on amphetamines and caffeine and laxatives for yeah. extended periods of time. Like what does that do to your sure. digestive tract long term? There's yes. probably some pretty negative effects to that. Yeah. Not caffeine on its own. I love I love a good cup of coffee, so I'm not going to yeah, hate on that. I'm literally drinking my coffee right now. <laughs> I know. I have mine right here. <laughs> but the combination of all of those things yeah. can't be good for your system. I would imagine not. Yes. Okay. I mean, despite all this drama, Herbalife was still making bank. Clearly, they the products, they resonated with a lot of people in the communities that they mm-hmm. were in. And by the early 90s, they had surpassed $1 billion in revenue Things seemed to be going really well for the company, like financially. But that came to a tragic halt on May 21st, 2000, when Mark Hughes was found dead of an accidental overdose. The coroner reported that the overdose was caused by a combination of antidepressants and alcohol, likely following a multi-day drinking binge. And he was only 44 mm. at the time. Oh, wow. And mm. this is sad because That's sad. You, like, you find out that this man creating and promoting these natural, healthy healing methods, he really suffered from some pretty severe addiction and like seemingly mental health issues similar to his mother's. And he had been seeing a psychiatrist for his drinking, but like, unfortunately it wasn't enough. He didn't have enough support. And I just, I think it's really tragic because we can point fingers at this guy and say that what he was doing was bad, but I think he was also Mm -hmm. suffering. Absolutely. It's suffering from something that seems very similar to what his mother was suffering from. The whole thing is really tragic. Like all the different moving pieces, the origin story of Herbalife, the harm it caused, the suffering that the CEO was experiencing. It's all really, really tragic. Yeah, it is. And I feel like this is Kind of a weird place to end it on, but that really concludes part one of the story. If you can believe it, after Hugh's death, there is so much more more scandal. (laughs) I couldn't even tell you if one part was more scandalous than the other, but like, if I had to choose, I might say it's part two. I think it's part two. (laughs) Shockingly enough, I think part two, it just has so many twists and turns. And I don't even know half the story. I only read what's been written so far. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. I guess on that note, see you in part two. 
See you in part two. Good job, Becca. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsavory. You can find all the references and materials used to put this episode together in our show notes at unsavorypodcast.com. This is an independently produced podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would rate, review, follow, and share our show with your true crime and food-loving friends. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can sign up as a donor through our Patreon link in our bio. To keep up to date with the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Unsavory Podcast. If you have an idea for an episode or segment, email us at unsavorypod at gmail.com. This podcast was recorded and edited by Earworm Radio. We highly recommend their services for all of your podcasting needs. You can learn more about them at earwormradio.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.